Hi, welcome to another episode. Today is another Pitsy Pod. And although technically today is not Leif Erikson Day because we are in Canada, it is part of North America. And let's celebrate along with our friends in the United States. Why is this character important in Canada? I mean, after all, he was a Viking. I guess it's time to find out now. And as you know, not all topics here are Canadian, but I am. I'm Rosie. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. Isn't it time to sail into some history, eh? As you'll see, sometimes his story goes a little bit sideways and we have to talk about other characters for a little bit. For example, in the two texts that we're going to be using today, which is the Saga of the Greenlanders and the Saga of Eric the Red, the Saga of the Greenlanders only survives because of a manuscript written in 1387. And this is almost 400 years after the events happened. So to understand Leif's background, we have to look at, as I said, the Saga of the Greenlanders and the Saga of Eric the Red. There are also references in the saga of Olaf Tryggvason and in the saga of St. Olaf. So let's back up a little bit before Leif was born and start with Eric the Red. You might have heard of this Viking. He was pretty famous in a lot of paintings and a lot of stories. So Eric the Red actually took his family from Norway after some kerfuffle happening and him and his mother and siblings ended up being the pioneers of Greenland, as well as several hundred wealthy farmers who wanted to colonize the land. And there's a funny anecdote saying that Eric named Greenland Greenland because he figured that if he made it attractive, more people would want to come. For those of you who don't know, Greenland is not a lot of green areas on the map. Eric and his wife had three sons. One was named Leif. When Eric went to Greenland, he brought his family with him. We don't really know when Leif was born, but we're guessing around 970 AD, and he would have probably been born in the recently colonized island of Iceland. In the saga of the Greenlanders, Leif is described as tall and strong and very impressive in appearance. He was a shrewd man and always moderate in his behavior. So that was in chapter 3. Sometime in his late 20s or maybe early 30s, Ericsson became a sworn companion to King Olaf. Leif wanted to go to Norway, but on his way, Leif actually got blown off course. And in some Norse sagas, they're saying that he ended up probably in the Hebrides Island off the coast of Scotland. And he is said to have a child with Thurgunna, the daughter of a local chief. And this son was called Thorgils. As usual in these sagas, the vagueness is a little confusing, but he spent what's considered a season in the Hebrides, and then he went to Norway, joined King Olaf. Let's back up a little bit in case you're not aware, but the king of Norway was instrumental in converting the Norse people into Christianity. King Olaf is credited with having created the first Christian church in Norway, and apparently he threatened violence if people didn't want to comply to the conversion. So King Olaf encouraged Ericsson to be baptized as a Christian, and then he wanted him to spread the religion around Greenland. Now this next part varies depending on what text you're looking at. So if you're looking at Eric the Red's saga, it says that when Leif returned to Greenland in about year 1000, he was blown off course and just accidentally landed in North America. 
where he said the forest had excellent building timber and then it had vines with grapes and that led him to call the region Vinland. So that's where we see the saga of Vinland come in. Using the other text, which is the saga of the Greenlanders, particularly in the Book of the Flat Islands, many scholars consider this to be a little more reliable than Eric the Red saga. So here it is said that Bjarni Herjolfsson, who had been traveling, had been storm-driven to a land about 15 years earlier, and he had observed three areas. At this point, it is said that Leif gathered men for the expedition to go find Bjarni's lands. And he named the three lands that he found, quite literally, apparently, Heluland, which would be land of the flat rocks, and then Markland, which would be land of the forests, and then Vinland because of the vines. Although these places are very difficult to nail down, some scholars believe that the first one, Land of the Flat Rocks, would be probably somewhere around Frobisher Bay in the northern tip of Labrador. And then most likely Markland would be the central coast of Labrador. And Vinland, probably somewhere in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Now we'll get back to this at the end of the episode. So it's very sad because Leif never got to go back to the North American shores, according to the sagas. And a side tidbit, Eric never wanted to convert to Catholicism, but Leif's mom did, and she built Greenland's first Christian church at Bradahild. Leif Erikson actually returned to Greenland. After his father died, he became the chieftain of Greenland. And as with these old manuscripts, it's very difficult to nail down, but he died somewhere between 1019 and 1025 AD. Around the time that Leif became chief, his son Thorgils was sent over from the Hebrides, and apparently he also had another son, Thorkel, who was probably legitimate because he became chieftain in 1025 after Leif passed away. Nothing is really known further about Leif's descendants, but the story doesn't truly end there because there were more expeditions to Vinland that were made by Leif's siblings, Thornstein, who actually had to turn back because the weather didn't permit him to get to North American continent. And then there's Thorvald and Freydis, as well as the Icelander Thorfinn Karlsefni. So in what we consider these books of the Vinland sagas, there's actually some really vivid encounters with the indigenous peoples of North America. And some scholars believe that those would have been the ancestors to the Mi'kmaq, the Beothuk, and the Inu. But it's really unclear if Leif was there or if it was other expedition parties. From what the sagas recount, these encounters forced the Norse out of North America. And as I mentioned earlier, let's talk a little bit about Vinland. So the Vinland area is still very unprecise. In 1963, archaeologists found the ruins of a settlement at Laos o Meadows in Newfoundland. And it is a Viking style or Viking type of settlement. And at the time, they thought they found Vinland. But further observation since the 1960s shows that it was probably more of a base camp of the 11th century Viking expeditions in general, because that far up in Newfoundland, they don't believe that vines could have been growing at the time. Now, we're talking about serious debate among scholars. You have archaeologists, historians, geologists. You have so many disciplines coming together, really trying to nail down where Vinland is. But unless we find another archaeological site, it's really hard to support all the details in the sagas, as general as they can be. Personally, I would love it if we found more Viking settlements around the East Coast. And someday, I'm really hoping to visit Lauso Meadows. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast on Leif Erikson. And now you know that October 9th is Leif Erikson Day in the United States. And why not just appreciate that the Vikings did come to Canada and all these sagas that have such a rich foundation. 
And as many historians will tell you, these sagas cannot be taken literally, but there are so many details in there that have been proven. So you can take that as history and story woven together in a really awesome way. Also, you can find more information on the website. For these Pitsy Pods, I put the links I have used. There are so many more things I could have added or maybe I could have referenced, but I've condensed it down to have a much shorter episode. If you're passionate about the Vikings, send me a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at History Egg. You can find me. And apparently, it helps people find me if you rate me on iTunes or any podcasting platform you're using. So I really appreciate that help. And of course, I have to thank my husband Jamie and all of our kids, our family, our friends. Without them, I wouldn't have so much fun adventuring through history. Un grand merci. Merci.